This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. Kids call this a hook, I think. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with kind just of. enough gas to keep them. Budget live, the not so live variety from the low budget live bar and grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. Hope all you low lifers are doing well out there on this fine Monday, April the 10th, 2023. And if you were just tuning in for the first time, you're like, why did this man call me a lowlifer? Well, that is what the fans, the listeners, the loyal folks that tune into this week in and week out refer to themselves as the lowlifers. It's a term of endearment around these parts. So welcome to the low life. My name is Luke Duncan. Hey, you know, maybe, maybe some folks don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. One thing I know. One thing I know is I am running on empty right now. I mean, I am, uh, it's hard to complain in life. Life is, uh, life is good. Life is good. But I am as frazzled, y'all, frazzled 
man, work is crazy. The TH Marine life is crazy. It's just, just crazy. That's the only way I know how to put it. It's nuts. So many things going on around the house with projects we got going, just, just this and that. Just life, crazy. And I need a break, and I'm getting that. As you're listening to this, I'm en route to Florida to hang out with some dear friends of mine down there and do some bass catching and not worry about no stinking boat parts and not worry about really anything for a few days. There will be some Tito's ingested. I'm going to think there's going to be some good food. And hopefully, hopefully some bass call. Indeed. Uh, going to hang out with my, my good buddy, uh, Ryan Engelman. He's taking a little little hiatus from touring. Them Troubadour boys are off the road right now, and we're going to go meet up in Florida. I'm dragging the Express down, and we are going to go uh, hang with my buddy Carter Andrews down there and do some uh, poking around on some, on some good old Florida lakes, to be determined. And uh, one of which we're going to go to, we've got a, we got a realistic shot at catching the biggest bass of our life from what we've been told. And, you know, that's never a guarantee, obviously. And uh, really looking forward to seeing how that goes. I will update you accordingly. But really just need a break, man. Just need a break. And you would think that uh, the break didn't need to be on the road because I've been gone so damn much. And I would agree. I would agree. But, man, I've got to uh, – I got to go fishing. I got to go fishing. And I want to go fishing somewhere different and fun. So headed to flow right as you're listening to this. Hope you all had a great Easter weekend. Easter bunny came to visit you. You get to see your family and all that good stuff. Um, my Easter weekend started. Good Friday was not so good. Was not so good. <laughs> uh, this is one of the reasons I need a break. So I'm, I'm, I got to tell y'all know I, I keep y'all updated on the craziness goes on in life around these parts. And uh, I have been very unfortunate to run into just a bad string of luck with, like, contractors. And we've had to have a lot. We live in an older house. We have to have a lot of crap done over time. And, and, I, and I'm, listen, you don't want me building a birdhouse. You don't want me doing anything like that. Like, I'm terrible. So I do have to hire it a lot out, and I'm gone a lot. So, is another excuse for not not being good at that kind of stuff. And we've just had a nightmare since 2019. We had a guy just basically train wreck our house. Um, he built the barn grill. It's nice out here. It's questionable in places. But the house is a disaster. We've had a lot of problems. And since he rolled out in early 2020, we have had just like some major plumbing issues upstairs in the boys' uh, bathroom which is directly over my living room, which is key to the story. So on three separate occasions, water has came uh, just flooding through a light fixture in my living room, load the couch down, comes through the damn, uh, the ceiling. I mean, it's bad. Uh, I had a hole like this big one time sitting there on a Sunday morning, just poosh, caves in. So it's been just been a mess, and and I thought we were kind of, we were over it a little bit, man. We've had we've had a lot of repairs done and things. Anyways, I'm sitting there Friday morning. I've been on the road this past week for TH, and just honestly, Friday morning was just chilling. The boys were asleep, and and it was nasty weather outside, so we we're just chilling. I was just in the house and just had me a had me some breakfast, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna sit on the couch and I'm gonna watch this Bass Pro Tour tournament here on Lake Murray, and 
dude, I just start hearing water. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and I thought one of the boys, you know, an older house, you, you know how pipes pop, creak, different things. Um, our house was built in the 60s, and, and, and that happens. So when the kids are in the shower, a lot of times you can hear it. And I thought, why in the hell are they up this early in the shower? Well, they weren't. And uh, all of a sudden, water starts flooding out of this light fixture into the uh, onto the couch. I'm like, holy crap, I jump up. Well, then it's coming through this bookshelf in our living room. We'll, our, our, we have this main wall that splits our living room, and there's like a formal living room in this house. Really weird kind of setup, old school stuff. We don't ever use it. It's basically a damn closet in the front of our house. But anyways, uh, there's a fireplace in there, water rushing out of the fireplace. Literally, like you could you could have – thrown a swim bait up there and reeled it back like it was just not good and uh i immediately i scream upstairs i'm like Ryder, are you in the shower he's like no i'm like it's hudson he's like no i'm like what's going on he goes uh dad the toilet is overflowing so at some point i guess i after much research uh into this i cut the the fill line off of course i run up there and there's water this deep already running almost this entire smoke got hardwood floors tile in the bathroom hardwood running the span of the upstairs seeping down dude i you just can't believe the mess i got cannot believe i and ceiling's toast cracked just it's bad <laughs> it's bad and i think it was truly like a clogged toilet now the toilet did not look clogged uh not sure what but, but anyways same bathroom that we've had all these problems with. So I couldn't lay this on this crappy contractor this time, I don't think. But uh, just a nightmare, man. And and we're really just kind of getting things back in line and repaired from the last time we had a, had a you know, a, a, a plumbing issue. And I'm talking about we got family pictures ruined because of this. Uh, you name it. And uh, anyways, woe is me, I guess. But I had to tell a story. It's just when it rains, it pours. Uh, I think that's a Luke Combs song. But it, it certainly did. And I thought, well, damn, is it is it flooding? Because it's just raining around here like crazy. I'm thinking, is it raining? Is it raining in my house like it's raining in yours? Uh, yeah, bathroom. Good times. Good times. Good times. And you got to wear rubber boots upstairs in your house because there's so much water and you got your you got your old kickers on upstairs uh yeah it's not good it's not good and i got it all dried for the most part of course so much of it seeps through and starts running through the seams and the sheet rocking downstairs dude it's just like it's a wrap it's a wrap so oh my god more work more work to do uh, you know, if you follow along on social media, I posted the other day, I needed somebody to finish a deck project and I have a young man who's a low lifer that reached out to me to help me finish it. I've had a Yahoo up here since October taking advantage of me more or less and, uh, finally put his ass on the road and, and we're going to try to get that done. So we got that going on right now. My deck was falling through. Got a lot of crap going on up here, self-inflicted stuff, but, uh, but a lot of, uh, just kind of pain in the ass to be honest. So flow right abound. I tell you all this to tell you that if you see me smiling more than normal, when I catch a bass next week in a picture or a post or a video, you, you understand why (laughs) you understand why that's for damn sure. All right. I got to thank some people that make this all possible, man. And, and, uh, you know, I I said after the classic there last week that 
it becomes more and more evident that not only do the low lifers support this, but the sponsors support this as well. And, and so I ask you, if you like what I do, support the people that support this show, like StarTron, StarBright Cleaning Products there, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, great people making great products. I only partner with folks that uh, I can get behind, man. That's, that's just the rule of thumb in the travel and circus life. And StarTron kicking ethanol in the teeth, in the weed eater, in the chainsaw. I think I said this last week, but I had a chainsaw, truly, that I don't crank very often at all. It was an older one, and it was a kind of a fallback last weekend when, when I had one go to crap on me. And I keep everything that I have loaded down with StarTron when I'm not using it. And it truly cranked like first pull. All my weed eaters are that way. In your bass boat, if you were leaving that thing with ethanol fuel in it, and if you are not buying ethanol-free, more than likely, you have ethanol, obviously, in your fuel. I don't care what test you're running. Buy you some StarTron. You can buy it everywhere. A little dab will do you, and it'll save you a lot of pain and heartbreak when you're out on the water. And that thing said, me, and it won't do anything. StarTron will kick that ethanol in the teeth and keep that from happening. Nothing ruins a great day on the water. Like an outboard engine that won't run. StarTron, kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you low budget live for many moons now. ProGuide Batteries, ProGuideBatteries.com. You can get you some of them lithiums. You can get you one of them new lithium cranking batteries. You can get you one of those 31 series AGMs. I've ran those for trolling motor batteries as well. They are bad to the bone. You can use code LBL10 there, ProGuideBatteries.com to save you a little bit of cash and let them know you're a low lifer, which I Sincerely appreciate. ProGuyBatteries.com. Trust people that have been in the battery business longer than I've been alive, okay? There's a lot of fly-by-night battery companies. ProGuy Batteries backs up their product, and they make fantastic products. ProGuyBatteries.com. Baitworks.com. Some of my favorite people in the industry. And I, I proved that this week. I proved my, uh, my sales pitch on here about Baitworks. When I say, don't order it if you don't want it, dude, I, I ordered something, some little, little, little goods that I've been hearing about that I wanted, some little swim baits action for Florida to take down there, and I forgot about it. I forgot to order them. I ordered them Wednesday while I was on the road for TH, and them jokers were at my house on Friday, dude. Okay? I mean, that's quick. That's quick. So... I, I joked on social media, I mean, were they at the end of my driveway? Do they have a distribution center right here in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee? I don't know, but they get it to you quick. Baitworks.com, bait-works.com, Duncan-10 saves you coin there. Also, in the LOB jig, the LOB Power Finesse jig that has the LBL logo on the package. Peanut butter jelly time. We are, uh, I'm a man of the people, I'm a man of the people, and I, it's not a color I throw a lot. The request for that color has been overwhelming. We got it. Go check it out. Available now. Pro Guide back. Pro Guide. Listen to me. Damn it, boy. Too many. Too many sponsor rates. Too many sponsor rates. Baitworks.com. If you go to Pro Guide, they ain't going to sell you no damn jigs. All right. They sell you in batteries, though. Duncan 10 at bait-works.com. See, I told you, I got to have a break, man. I'm frazzled, son. Last but not least, hang the banner. The first ever, first 
ever aluminum bass boat to win a Bassmaster Classic trophy. The Express X21 Pro LE is what we're running this year. Sea Deck Battlestern 250 Yamaha Hall Show, giving it the fastest hole shot in the game. More tackle storage than any human needs. I've seen me do it. I can still fill it up. I can still fill it up. It's got a lot, though. I mean, absolutely love the boat. 96-inch beam. It's a, it's a machine, man. Great in rough water. Stable fishing platform. I fish three people out of it constantly, constantly going to do so again this week in Florida. Cannot wait to get down there and stretch out the old X-21. Go for a ride. You will not. You will not regret it. Express Boats, building excitement since 1966. All right. Long-winded today. Long-winded. I'm long-winded every damn day, I feel like. Uh, Got a great guest today, man. Great guest that uh, absolutely looking forward to talking to. But first, I've got to say, there are, and, and I've told this story on here before. I know we get a lot of low lifers have been with us for a long time. We got new low lifers every single week, I feel like, and I'm grateful for that. But I have to say uh, a huge congratulations. And I made a post, but Anthony Gagliardi already won the Bass Pro Tour event at Lake Murray. That's no surprise. The Murray King just won the Forcewood Cup there, another FLW event there, finished second there in another FLW event. He is one of the best humans that I've ever met. And I know I feel like I say that a lot about a lot of people, but that is our industry as a whole. But Anthony, I met when I was 19 years old. I told this story right after his dad passed uh, on the show here. His dad, Big G, Mike Gagliardi, one of my favorite people. And I met Anthony when I was going to college at UNA there in Florence, Alabama. He was actually renting. They were renting an apartment to stay at during an FLW that was on Wheeler, and in the apartment complex I lived in, and I came came back down. I've been out of town. I came back home, and I saw the trucks and boats there, and and uh, I met his dad the next morning. I'm a nosy kid and never was shy to introduce myself to anybody, so I went over and talked, and he's like, come back by tonight, meet my son, and, and Anthony and I have been friends ever since. I've fished Murray with Anthony many times, and he is uh, absolutely just somebody I'm always pulling for, and, uh, you know, we don't we don't get to spend as much time together anymore now that he's on BPT and I'm not fishing FLW. We used to room together on the tour and his, and his dad Big G would be there, and uh, it was an emotional day for me watching him win on Murray, just as I know it was for him and, and a lot of our friends uh, when he caught an eight pounder to seal the deal. and And I I could just see his dad, man. I could see his dad smiling, and and uh, it was it was a beautiful thing. So, congrats to Anthony Gagliardi. And congrats to the Bass Pro Tour, hell of an event on Murray. Bass is fixing to go there. They're going to smash them too. Murray's always been one of my favorite lakes um, in the country. It's it's an absolute just fish factory. It gets fished a lot, a lot of pressure, but it's just an incredible fishery, man. And Anthony is so dialed out there. And he doesn't get to fish it as much as he used to, but uh, lives on the lake. The lake's his backyard. His dad lived on the lake. Very cool. And, uh, and I just smile. I've always – he's one of those guys that uh, I feel like – he's one of the most consistent anglers in the country. He always is. If you pay attention, he's always in the check line more times than not. He's made Forest Wood Cups, hand over fist. And uh, the guy is phenomenal. He is uh, 
I've fished with a lot of people over the years, a lot of anglers. And Anthony has always impressed me as much or more than any other pro I've ever got to spend time with. He is meticulous. Uh, he, he has an engineering mindset. He went to engineering school there at Clemson. And he is uh, he's always on the forefront of a lot of techniques and things. And, and uh, he's really intuitive about his bass fishing. Very proud to see him pull it out there at Murray. And a lot of, and look, Ot Defoe, hell of an event. Second place, had a rodeo with a 612 there that he handlined in. A lot of, a lot of great stuff this week from that, uh, the Bass Pro Tour event there at Lake Murray. Now they got a month off. I feel like they had so many real quick with Redcrest being in the mix there too, but they got a uh, month off until the next BPT. But I do think they got a heavy hitters deal that'll be, uh, a lot of bigs get caught down at Caney. Caney Lake, Caney Creek, whatever it is in Louisiana, and Bussy, Bussy Break down there in Louisiana coming up as well. I'm not sure the dates on that, but I know they're fishing Gunnersville in May, and that's going to be another just slugfest most likely for them, for sure. One one uh, one takeaway, <laughs> my buddy Watson had a top 10. James Watson, first top 10, Bass Pro Tour. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, of course I was pulling for him as well. But uh, one huge takeaway, dude, and I just can't help – I can't help myself. Jeff Sprague made the top ten after, you know, the debacle last year and, and all that, and he made the top ten in a sight fishing tournament. And I bet I'm – a, I'm a nail biter. You know, it's a terrible – it's a terrible habit. But I bet there were some folks within the Major League Fishing Organization that were just like, oh, Biting their nails and having <laughs> no, oh no, oh no! Please tell us no. <laughs> like, really, really, and uh, man, I have uh, I've been in a situation, you know, covering events where it's uncomfortable when when somebody gets on camera when there's some controversy around it. I can only imagine that the boys in the studio were like, oh, <laughs> but dude, I tuned in and I, I got to watch a lot of it. I was traveling this week and things and, and I got to watch a good bit of Murray, but on Friday, the championship round, I was, I tried to tune in right off the jump first 15 minutes and I turned it on and Sprague was leading. So they were, they were on him. Swear to God, can't make it up. He foul hooks on him. <laughs> And then my favorite thing that's happened in bass fishing in a long time is he then broke down the rule <laughs> for why it didn't count <laughs> on camera. <laughs> and one thing I will say, too, there's a ton of sight fishing going on, and all the guys were very adamant, you know, to marshal to their to their uh, officials, you know, in the mouth, in the mouth, in the mouth. And uh, And I just, I thought that was hilarious, man. It was so funny. He was like, from from the 2019 thing at Lake Fork and all that, but uh, but it's so funny. <laughs> He's like, "Yes, we cannot weigh in bass that are snagged. That would be bad." <laughs> Losing my mind. I was, I mean, I was dead right there in that moment. I was like, I got to turn this off for a second, just regain my damn composure. <laughs> but if you're but if you're commentating it, you're just like, burp, 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 just crickets. <laughs> 
what can you say, man? You can't win. I've seen a lot of social media comments about it, which no surprise. There's always going to be some negative social media comments, but uh, a lot of people are like, he shouldn't be allowed to fish. He shouldn't be allowed to fish. He, he's a cheater. And I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. I think that uh, it's a shame that a guy like, uh, like a Mike McClellan didn't get back in the BPT, but he's allowed back in. I mean, it's, it's a joke, but whatever. Um, you know, bull crap goes on all over pro fishing. There's no doubt about it, but yeah, that was a weird one. It was a weird one. Like, uh, to see, but I, I was, I was like, man, I wonder if people are having panic attacks right now within the organization and maybe they're not, maybe, maybe uh, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but I bet somebody was like, Oh, oh <laughs> my life. Are we going to really, are we going to have to, uh, is he going to be on? Oh God. Is he going to, is he going to win? Oh no. Oh no. So essentially for me, it was like good versus evil. Gaglar is one of the best cats in the world. Taking the dove home. So the universe righted itself. It's okay. Sprague didn't win. I think we're okay with that. You know, there are people that you see, they're just like, go get them, Jeff. Ignore the haters. (laughs) I'm like, you should go into another career. (laughs) Whatever. Good times, good times. But I did get a chuckle out of that. I was like, damn, I bet somebody sweat. You know, there's like a meme just old boy, just just sweating. I, I feel like there were a lot of people like that last week. All right, moving on. Enough silliness. Enough silliness and rambling. So I have wanted to have this this dude right here on the show for a long time. He is. Uh, he came on the scene on the pro pro wise uh, FLW tour wise in 2019, the last year I fished, and he and he just really started making waves. And, you know, now you fast forward to 2023, he just won on the Tackle Warehouse Invitationals, former FLW Tour, former Pro Circuit. And he's won a Toyota this year as well, Sam Rayburn. He's fifth in the Bass Pro Tour Angler of the Year points right now. He narrowly missed making the top ten cut at Lake Murray. This young man is somebody you need to be keeping up with if you are not. He is well-spoken. He is a fantastic angler. And he has got one hell of a story, and we're going to talk to him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, he's won almost, almost a million bucks in a very short time period. And we're going to get the sauce from him right now, presented by the W Sauce America's Worcestershire Sauce. It's good on everything. You name it, it's good on it. Chicken, pork chops. I like it on pork loin, a little pork loin marinade steaks in and something new they just sent me that i had this morning as a matter of fact breakfast sauce baron burton's small batch breakfast sauce i am a breakfast addict i mean i am but and i got like a routine you've seen me post about it some on instagram if you follow me on there but like i like eggs uh like an egg white i got a whole thing i go through every morning man i do when i'm home and I'm a big salsa on my eggs guy. I like salsa. I think uh, it is a very good addition. This right here, this right here, now it's got a little kick. I'll read you the uh, description here. Breakfast sauce is a perfectly balanced blend of fresh flavors from Florida-grown mild deli peppers, tomato, cucumbers, and spices. It's sure to make breakfast zing with slight hints of sweetness and natural complex, but mild pepper flex it says and it's right it's got a kick it's not hot but it's got a kick 
and uh, on eggs, on like some daggum uh, home fries. I t- Dude, it's good stuff. So breakfast sauce, be on the lookout for that. So the sauce, all the sauces, bringing you the sauce with this man right here, BPT Tour Pro and one of the hottest hands in professional fishing, Dakota Ebear. All right, as promised, here he is. And I, I introduced this guy as the hottest stick in bass fishing, and I think that's fair for really the last, I'm going to say, since 2019. I think you fly under the radar for some reason, but, dude, this year's like the coming out party of all coming out parties bass fishing-wise for you, dude. Yeah. You, you, got a, you got a trophy there at Rayburn, and I, I comment on Instagram. I'm like, that won't be the last one. Oh, well, it wasn't. You go, you go to the pro circuit, the invitational there at uh, Clark's Hill. You win it in a big way, and now that BPT trophy's coming next. I feel like this year, Dakota Ebear, everybody, what's up, buddy? Man, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, uh, this is an awesome opportunity. To, I've been watching the podcast for a while, man. I appreciate all the kind words that you've given me over the last, you know, year or so. And uh, man, it's just a dream come true, man. I'm just riding it, enjoying it, having fun. Honestly, that's all there is to it. Well, dude, you, you know, I, I fished the last year I fished the tour was your first year. I've been looking back at stats and I remember you coming onto the scene and you, you know, you won a little over 50 grand that year. It seemed like you were always catching them everywhere we went. And I'm like, who is this? Who is this guy? Like Castle Dine and some of my running buddies like, oh yeah, we, you know, we've been knowing Dakota son, like Dakota's yeah. he's coming. Right. And now dude, it's like. I mean, this week when you didn't make the top 10 at Murray, not to put salt in the wound because you're like 13th, but I, I'm like, I just feel like you're one of those guaranteed top 10 guys right now. Like, it, do you wake up in the morning and feel that way? Truly? Like, because how roles can be, right? And you're on this one that's just insane to me right now. Well, you know, honestly, you know, I graduated from college in 2017, and that's when I decided, like, hey, I'm going to put everything I have in the bass fishing and see how it goes. Uh, I had a little success in college. Figured I'd ride that momentum out a little bit and see where it went. Had no idea, but I just knew that's what I, I really enjoyed it. Want to do it. Let's see where it goes. So I moved to Rayburn and honestly, like, you know, it takes a while in this industry to get traction, right? Obviously, you know, I I had, I was fortunate to have a couple of decent years there when I first got on tour at, at the FLW tour, but you know, it's like, it's been one of these, it hadn't been this overnight success story, even though to some people it may seem like that because, you know, they, you know, just got on the Bass Pro Tour last year, just started getting, I guess, visible in a lot of different ways, but it it hasn't been something that's been overnight. It's been a gradual deal. I remember that, you know, when I first started fishing those Costa events at the time, Toyota series now, BFLs, it was like, man, I was right there around check range consistently, you know, either barely got a check, barely missed a check. And then it got a little better and got a little better and got a little better. And now, you know, I've been fortunate to have several good tournaments in a row over the last couple of years and, and, and been a lot of those top tens. But I think it, for me, it was just like a mental change. Like I don't wake up expecting to, I mean, actually, yes, I do. Like I expect myself to be in the top 10, but it's like, man, whenever I first got started, like I was focusing on, man, I just got to get paid so I can go to the next one. I just got to have enough money to go to the next one. Which is the, which is tough on a young guy, right? Yeah. Like I, we talked about a that a lot on this show. Yeah. Like it's hard to get that traction, like you said, but you wake up like, Hey, I got to try to knock down 10 grand so I can roll on to the next exactly, one. Exactly, man. And when you do that, like I find myself, 
I found myself then like always being around that check line, but that's what I was focusing on, you know? And after getting a little bit of financial freedom from a couple of big breaks, you know, here and there, like winning a little bit of money at the Forestwood cup in 2019, just helped me like, just get a little bit more comfortable. And then it's like, the hell with this i'm not fishing for a check like i want to make a top 10 like i'll make that cut make that 30 cut and then it's like all right you know and then now like i i don't put my boat in the water without thinking about what it's going to take to win or, or be in contention to win and i think that that mental adjustment and focus is what's really helped me out a lot over the last couple of years that, that's what i was going to ask is what do you think is the biggest thing but you just described it there and i mean dude you've been i feel like you've always been consistent i mean you go back to your college years like you're saying you had some success there but now it is it, it is different you you do have an opportunity in every event you are in whether it is in texas or alaska at this point <laughs> i feel like to try to try to you know i've talked about this on the show a lot this year but i feel like it is dude you're just one of these guys you're in the conversations in my mind with the Ot Defoe, especially on BPT with the Ot Defoe's with the wheelers where it's like, damn, Dakota's got a shot. Like if you're in it, but something I've noticed with you just watching, watching tape on you, you know, watching live, you've really embraced. I feel like you've always probably embraced electronics, but dude, you seem like you really, really have that forward facing game dialed. Not to say it's all you do because at Clark Hill, you mixed it with, shallow fish as well but is that something you attribute to like dude i got in on it on the forefront and it is something that i've spent a lot of hours with that you think helps with your success because you have to have it now obviously mm -hmm. is that something you pride yourself on that you think makes a big difference as well in your confidence level on the water not i wouldn't say that in particular i would like as far as pride myself on just being a you know a forward facing sonar guy or something like that no but i will say that like from the very beginning whenever i first started traveling fishing in college i immediately wanted to be as well-rounded as i possibly could when i first started fishing in college i had an old boat that i i, I begged the bank to finance me for didn't have a graph on it you know i mean didn't have side imaging didn't know how to use side imaging didn't know any of that stuff and uh fished out of it for a couple of years but i man i was going these lakes i remember going to grand and never seeing nothing like that ever you know and and being so far out of my comfort zone and i i started realizing like man if i'm going to do this for a living i've got to learn how to do everything like and i want to be comfortable doing everything i don't take pride in like being a shallow water power guy or a offshore you know forward facing sonar specialist i want to be somewhere in the middle where i feel comfortable no matter where we go no matter what we're doing um so that and, and you know with that I've spent a lot of time using forward-facing sonar and getting better at using live scope without a doubt. And I, I, it's a tool that is very beneficial at the right time in the right place. And it's, it's just a learning tool, man. It, it helps yeah. all these places that we've never been to, you know, like I've never been to Norman, never been to Clark's Hill, uh, had never been to, you know, several lakes we've been to this year or going to whenever you show up there, you know, locals get mags, you're using all this stuff, but like they live on the lake. They know where those brush piles are. They know where those, you know, hard spots are. They know where all that is. So using that technology to speed up the learning curve, break down the water is what, you know, I've become efficient at doing. And, but it, it's just a tool, man. It's, it's part of, part of the deal, you know, that you have to be, you know, have to be at least familiar with and have some, you know, to be able to compete at the highest level. No, no doubt. I remember last year at the James River, you had a top yeah. there in the, in the in the pro circuit invitationals. That's one I'm proud of, man, because I get that. 
I, you know, just because I'm a young guy, they're like, oh, this young punk, he wouldn't be catching nothing if he didn't have a live scope. And I, I, I like that one because I flipped the big stick the whole week. Yeah. Jacked yeah, them I, was, I was like, yeah, go ahead. Talk some shit about that. Live I, scope. I, like, I love that one, though. But, but I remember a clip from that one, and you were, you were flipping. And I remember one one time they cut to you on live, and you're just all of a sudden, you're like, squirrel. And you had Ford facing out oh, yeah. third yeah. for like two seconds. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, it does yeah. speak to that versatility and yeah. I think there are a lot of guys, Jacob Wheeler said it on this show, what you just said, and it blows my mind. Uh, I'm so old school, not, not against electronics. Obviously I'm a Garmin guy. I'm a live scope junkie. Uh, but the learning curve, like you said, it is so much faster now for you guys. And you, you can break down a lake, you get two days of freaking practice and BPT events. Yeah. And, and you can just know everything a local knows. I feel like within reason now, some of y'all boys didn't know uh, as much as Anthony, I feel like, coming down the stretch there. Yeah, you know what, man? That that tournament's going <laughs> to stay for a long time, man. I, I, that's one of them ones, man. There's tournaments whenever you finish 15th or 16th, I think is what I actually ended up there. Like, a lot of guys jumped me right there at the last second. But I finished 16th there. There's some tournaments where you finish 16th at, and you're like, man, that's a good one. Like, I had a tough practice, wasn't on anything. That's a good event, right? And I've been happy with some of those. I've been happy with some 30th before. I was happy with 28th at Toho, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but this one, man, I really felt like I was on something special. I felt like I had a chance to win, and everything that could go wrong went wrong, and it was just a complete snowball effect. And I still ended up with 18 and change and almost made the cut. But – I, I and it hurt to see him win the way that he did because I was like, oh, dude, I mean, just oh, got you. But hey, that was, was the kind of you were on the same kind of deal. Oh then. yeah, and we're not gonna talk about it because I, he didn't say much about it. I ain't gonna say much about it. But we were on the same kind of deal, and I was like, man. But you know what? Hey, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It was his time, wasn't mine. I can guarantee you that because everything went wrong. And and that's just part of it. But if you look at Clark's Hill, everything went right when it could have went wrong. You know, there's such a fine line between, you, you know, winning and, and finishing 50th sometimes. So, you know, it's just the way it goes. It's fishing. You got to roll with it. Hey, listen, we can talk at Clark Hill. You, you, uh, you break off a big one and then you throw back in there and catch it. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, things are going right. You know, that was a little bit out of my control. That was some divine intervention there. There ain't no doubt. That that was one of the coolest clips in bass fishing history, in my opinion. That, that and I got roasted for it too. You know? <laughs> I mean, All right. Let's talk about that. So everybody gets roasted. I post a, a picture. I go sight fish last week a little bit and I post a picture, just a dumb caption. You know how you do? You got you post something on social media, man. It's a pretty yeah, fish. Pretty day, pretty picture, whatever. I'm going to post this. So I post this picture of this big one that I catch looking at it. And I'm like, man, the full moon's got them big girls. Whatever the caption was, I don't even know. And to be honest, I caught the bass, full disclosure, I caught the bass before the full moon was even here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, I made it, but I made the post. It was raining in like 48 degrees when I made the post. I was not yeah. out fishing. Dude, there, were, there was this one guy that just gets on the post and he's like, well, it's – not has zero to do with the full moon and dude he just roasts me for like this much of a comment and then he says of all things and i've already texted fat todd castledine about this he said todd castledine did a whole video on this and i was like well of course he did <laughs> yeah right of course you're todd's the big, biggest know-it-all i know and i love <laughs> but now you're taking what he said throwing it to me but every fishing post uh, dude it's nothing but i don't get it it, yeah. our industry became this at some point where and i shouldn't say the industry but the fans of the sport it's like 
It's like they wake up in the morning pissed off that they like fishing. I'm oh, like, man. what's the deal? Like your video was so cool. And they're like, fake. It's fake. Like, yeah. It's crazy, dude. Man, I, I really like, I love being social with people, but I don't yeah. like society. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I love being, <laughs> man, dude. dude, I love getting to meet people and, and like at the shows and at the events and talk to people. And I've been able to meet so many great people all over the, all over the yes. you know, country. But daggum, man, the internet, I can stay off of. <laughs> I try to, it's just, it's crazy. And it's, you know, it's just, I think it's because we have such a, you know, if, when a guy's watching the NFL on TV, you know, he can't really relate with Tom Brady out there, but he can yeah. go out and do what Jacob's doing. And it's like, then when they see him using forward facing sonar, they're ticked off because they don't understand it the same way. Cause most of them have done went out and bought it. Now, even though they cuss it, they don't went out and bought lots of the ones that <laughs> the ones that comment the most, I want to look at their boats. Like, show me your front deck, because like, he's got live scope on there. He's mad like that we're using it. it. But you know what? The best thing, my my best thing about this whole deal is because it's everywhere. Like, it is just, it's just, man. If you just get I on the ball, and I don't, I don't get on it much. But when I do, it's it's always it's always there. I always it's there. always there. and it's always great because I I want to comment so bad. It's like here's this guy sitting at home on his smartphone. On his smartphone, complaining about technology, and I want to tell him so bad, dude. Go outside, go get a John boat, and go have fun outdoors, and get off technology. Get off the phone if you hate it so bad. Go enjoy the outdoors because it's all out there for all of us to enjoy, and that's the big picture. But you know what, man? It's a losing battle, so I just don't even get into it. You know, it's just one of those things. So good right there. Dakota Eber. I think we're done. That was just like, that was it right there in a nutshell. That was so good because it is true, man. Like with technology came these social media platforms that these people to get on to bitch about technology. <laughs> it, is, it is truly, it's like, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a it's joke. One of them like, it's all right. like, this is the punchline. That's the best way I've ever heard it described is you're burning up your iPhone 17 to yeah. yell at Dakota for being, I see you in your expensive bass boat and your four faces sonar from my iPhone while what? I'm watching you live on my MacBook. Yeah. Just go fishing, dude. Just have fun, man. Quit worrying about me, you know? I mean, it's just, or, you know, like watch and enjoy. Yeah, it. If you don't, go go fishing. I'm okay. turkey on, man. Turkey's a goblin. Woods are great. You, I don't get to go because I fish too much now, and that's not a problem, but one day I'll get to get back to it. But, man, there's so many things you can go do other than fuss and ruin your day on social media like get on it enjoy it follow it if you don't like it go go do something else dude i i've, I've talked about this on here many times so the low lifers have heard the story but I, I i fell in back in february uh i hooked this fish in a treetop and i got my jig hung he jumps off jig hangs whatever and it's my own jig so it's stupid that i even went to get it right but anyways i go up <laughs> i got i got 300 boxes of them back yeah. here in the shop it's fine well i go to get it and it was raining a little bit that day and dude i a mega bass rod basically just leaped out of my hands like i don't know how it happened but on the video it's just got it's just there one second it's gone the next so water's pretty clear it's sinking well i go to grab it and when i do just gone and it's like the only the second or third time i've ever fell in my whole life fish since i was a kid and dude the water was cold it was in a lower feet like it's it sucked some other rods come in. Well, dude, this video goes, I, I post and it's like over 300 something thousand views on Facebook or whatever. And the whole clip's like five minutes and there, there's a lot of panic in there and different things, but the way I edited it was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm watching it back after I got home, everything kind of chilled out. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I'll post. I think I got texted to a couple of buddies and they're like, oh, that's funny, dude. You got to put that on Facebook or whatever. The comments that have came from that, insane. Just yeah. people like, stupid bass fisherman, wish you to drown. You're like, what? What? I mean, like, it's just, where did that, that escalated quickly just because I fell in? They're like, oh, look at this idiot swimming for his rod. I'm like, no, I fell. I didn't go in on purpose, but it's so funny to see. They're like, He's got all those rods in his feet. Look, it's just, you could tell he's just a spoiled, rich brat with all that equipment. Dude, it's, it's amazing. But your video breaking the fish off that, that is why I brought that. That is one of the reasons I was going there is dude, you got, I've never seen anything like the comments. So like when MLF posted it, it was just da, 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 just nonstop about how does he even know or four facing sonar you know whatever like, and it could have been it could have been two different fish but i mean there was only one eight pounder caught in the whole tournament okay and i watched how big the fish was eight the first time i was ticked off retied stood back up and i it's the first thing i see is right exactly where i cast it before is that same big dot sitting right there flip back down there she eats it i catch her and 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 the first thing i did was look in her mouth because i'm like all right my shaky is gonna be right there and it wasn't but if it like if you think about it a fish that big, whenever it clamps down on something and you take it off, it never felt the hook or nothing. It uh, had its mouth closed. I had probably a bad spot in my line. They cut it on her sharp teeth because anybody knows that if they've caught herring fish, like fish that feed on herring have really sharp, yeah. you know, like around the edge of their mouth. Cut my line. I'm sure she either ate it and she or she blew it out and was still sitting there. I mean, never even phased her, I don't think. You know, because I didn't put hardly any pressure on her when I actually broke it. You know, sometimes when you break one off, like you'll yeah. jump from having for a second in a break. Then other times, like it's just like immediate, like it's just a, you're Clank. like, how yeah. the hell did that even happen kind of deal. And um, I, I really think that's what happened. I think she probably either ate it or just blew it out and then was just still sitting there and was like, it was just per it just meant to be. I saw there there's, there's another shaky head. There, there was a couple. Yeah, there was a couple times in that event where things just went right that I've just like, oh, my. like the first one I caught on the last day or the first big one I caught on the last day was like four or something. I skip a wacky rig underneath the dock, sitting there and start swimming off, set the hook, fine, everything's good, reeling her back to the boat. She jumps like two or three times, comes over there, I scoop her up, I look, and I just go like, I grab my line, not even the hook, just grab my line and go. I mean, it wasn't even – I, I don't know. Just wasn't even hooked. Like, I, I don't know. But it happened. It was meant to be. <laughs> and then you go to Murray, like you're saying, and you, you're you on the right deal. But then oh just – gosh. Just so you end up, talk about that a little bit. When you say if it could go wrong, was it just a lot of lost fish? Yeah, man. I mean, I just I, – I don't want to get too detailed because I don't – you know. Because you know, <laughs> you're sneaky. Because you're sneaky. I, no, I mean, it's just I broke off like three – three of them probably over four and a half one of them probably like seven you know and like had her for a minute and then broke her off like I don't understand how that happens but um yeah and then just lost a couple of key ones but everybody has those days and everybody in that tournament probably even you know Anthony like he probably lost several big ones so it just it's part of it sometimes it goes your way sometimes it don't it's just really frustrating whenever like if you go into an event like we said earlier and you know, you, you you do everything you can to figure out whatever you figure out. You finish middle of the pack. Like, you know, that's okay. 
because you're going to have those. But whenever you know that you're on something that actually ends up staying the same, which it never does, like it stayed the same. I didn't figure it out till like 10 o'clock on the first morning competition, but then it, it didn't go anywhere. Like it stayed the same the entire time. And it was like, and, and maybe it was even getting better and it was just crazy. But, you know, I, I mean, I literally didn't sleep all week long. I slept like two hours a night because I was so jacked up to get back out there the next night. Like that, like a kid at Christmas, man. I mean, it was just, it was one of them deals. And then just to be completely face planted on. Uh, now on look, my, like what, 15th or 16th is not face planting. Okay. I, you are looking in at that a situation for me. It was. <laughs> I have face planted many times in big events, buddy. That is not face planting. That is a, that's a, that's a great event. You're, you're what fifth in AOI right now. Yeah. Fifth right now, but oh, Otterbox is running away with it. Gosh, dog, man. He's smoking them, dude. He's like, uh, you know, I mean, hell, I think he's like 30 points ahead, which is, you know, it's not, it's not uncatchable. And like, that's the goal this year is to try to win that AOI, you know, but uh, he's having a hell of a season. You got to give it to him, man. It's awesome. Chris Lane, Chris Lane's smoking him too. Yeah, just at, at like at, it was crazy when he when he made the cut. I was watching it there, and it was only his second top ten since he switched since the BPT, like the the Great Divide, you know. And Chris was a guy that we saw in the top ten, you know, in the Elite Series. Like he made a lot of top tens. He had wins, right. and it's cool to see him kind of getting footing again because he's a great. Great freaking yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and it's really cool to see. Uh, but dude, Ott's been having a good year for about the last since he started. Let's just, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's just a, as consistent as it gets, dude. Like, it's it's just it's like I'm telling telling you when I see your name on a roster, you're like, oh, well, he's got a shot to win. Like, I just feel and and Ott's always that way, he's just one of those guys. Well, you know, and the thing about it is, is that that's the last two years has made me so much better, I would say, because I'm competing against that caliber of guys every week. I mean, so that's, you know, that's those guys make you better because you know that if you're not getting better, they're about to stomp you in the mud. And I, I, I mean, you know, so that's just, you definitely rise to the, to the occasion whenever you're, you're competition and stuff, but that's not to say that the competition is not just as stout like it. It's just as hard to go win a BFL or a Toyota series or whatever. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all because, you know, you go back down to Toyota series. I mean, there it's hard to win hard to do well there. You got the best locals, you got the best regional guys, you got the best BASS guys sometimes fishing them and you got the best, you know, Bass Pro Tour guys fishing them. So, you know, competition is still strong throughout the whole industry. I'm just saying like when you line up against those guys and Kevin pulls up beside you, you know that dang well, he's bringing it. <laughs> yeah letting off and that that's the that's the difference and like being able like having a little bit of a bad day on day three at, at murray you know knockout round them guys make you pay for it a little bit more you know what i'm saying you're not gonna slide by whenever you don't execute yeah uh, oh it's it's evident man when you watch score tracker and it's the same on the elite series yeah you can't slip no like, there's no slipping I, I always am amazed and i think the casual fan might not pay this attention like like maybe they should or or like guys that have competed a lot over the years do but what i'm always amazed in is like when you just look at like a 10th place average right like what the weight took over four days to just stay in 10th and like an elite or a bpt you look at on average like especially with this week at murray it was phenomenal i'd like to see it all put together like it was a you know uh right. 
Normal a regular day. tournament, like a five-day whatever, because, dude, the amount of 20-pound bags plus 20-plus I had to get caught to stay in contention, and then you got cuts, and then you got to turn around and do it again. That damn place kicked them out. Oh, it's unbelievable. It was one of the best best pro tournaments that we've seen in, like, the last 10 years, in my opinion. Like, it was fan-freaking-tastic. It's um, it's one of the best lakes, I feel like, in, in on the East Coast for sure. Um, oh, yeah. I would say – I'd say top 10 that we or yeah, I, top five that we go to, I would say, you know, there's, there's little small legs. I'm not taking, I don't know. Yeah. Know about, but you know, as far as big legs, that everybody knows about, man, it's up there. I mean, it's just unreal how many quality fish are in that place. I mean, you can go up to one of those herring points and not, you know, on a slick calm day, not get a bite and just look around and you're like, it'll scare you. What's up there. Like an aquarium. Yeah. Oh, it's just five pounders everywhere. Something around. It's like, and it's so hard to get a bite sometimes. You know, it's not an easy place, really. No, I, that, that's what I was going to say. To kick them out like it does, because the caliber of angler, it's a lot like Rayburn. It's one of those historic tournament areas, those Carolinas, them boys fish. Oh, like, yeah. There, there's, oh, there may be a lot were, of players. They were fishing, too. I I mean, them boys fish, son. I mean, there were people everywhere. It, it's it's right in line with the Tennessee River and the Coosa River and all, and Rayburn, Toledo, and, and – yeah. You know, all these pockets where if you buy a house, you get a bass boat, I think. Yeah, guaranteed. It comes with it. it, it, comes with it. It's going to be in the yard, you know. That's what yeah. I always say for sure. But uh, it's a testament, though, to how good the fishery is that you guys can can consistently. And I think you, you hit it right, but uh, I'm going to be interested to see what the, the elite guys do there. Probably going to be a little more postponed, I think, when they I, get I, there. I really think they're going to crack them too. I mean, hard. Like, be crazy. They'll, they'll be on. The, they'll be full swing on the herring, and and uh, I think it'll be really good. Really good. Right. I, I think they'll catch them just as good, honestly, for sure. So, looking ahead, the, I'm going to put you on the spot. I do this with everybody, but looking ahead to the season, all right? Because everybody, when you get you, you get your schedule out, you're like, all right, I'm circling this one. I'm circling this one. I don't feel like you had Clark Hill circled. Like that's going to be because you've never been there, right? I didn't expect really. I had no yeah. idea. Now, Rayburn will give you that. Like, yeah, that's that's home. Honestly, Rayburn wouldn't be one I'd circle because you know, well, well, because yeah, Rayburn, like, yeah, I yeah, potentially, but I mean, yeah, I circled it, but but I mean, in, in a humble way, because man, them, them Rayburn boys kick you, but you know, I was gonna say it's swimming with sharks, like it yeah. is, like Rayburn swimming with sharks, anybody can win. There's 50 to 100 guys out there that know that place right. as good as everybody else and are yeah. all dialed. Yeah. Um, but looking ahead, do you have one circle that you're like, all right, this could be where my BPT win comes from? Do you have that on the schedule? No, because, man, as soon as I say that, that'll be the one that I bomb, you know. So. <laughs> but, no, in all seriousness, I, I'm really looking forward to the rest of our season. We have a great schedule coming up. I mean, it's going to be a great, great deal all the way around for the fans, for us, for everything. I mean, because we're going, we're going to some phenomenal fisheries, honestly. Um, you know, looking ahead, we've got the invitational event on Ufala. I got to leave on – well, tomorrow – and go to it and that that's something that nobody's really been there for i mean we haven't had any big events i don't think on you follow in a long time or well, oklahoma right yeah 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 you follow oklahoma yeah i was so, gonna say lawyer up if you're going to you fall alabama i said they yeah. say lawyer up. <laughs> seen all that no i don't want to get involved in all that <laughs> but uh yeah uh I really think that's going to be a good event. Like those arts can be really good when the, the, the uh, heavy hitters event on Caney is going to be off the chain. 
Yes. That, and we're going to go to Bussy in the championship round. I mean, that's something I really want to do well at. Um, that It's going to be – that's going to be crazy. You know those lakes pretty well, right? No, I've never been to them. But oh, I'm just, really? I figured uh, you'd been there. No, no uh, unfortunately, I've never been to them. Uh, I just know about them, and I know they're going to okay. really put out. So, it's going to – yeah. I was reading this morning about some high school kids called an almost 40 pound bag at Caney. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Some stupid, crazy. crazy man. And that, you know, that's going to be really good. But as far as the Bass Pro Tour, you know, Gunnersville is going to be lights out. You know, you took, you put 40 guys at a time on Gunnersville. Jeez, man. That's going to be. <laughs> uh, Gunnersville's going to be great. Cayuga, first week of June. Going to uh, be silly. Like epic weights. Like you, if you think the weights were high at Murray, which they were. Caillou is going to blow that so far. I think if you don't catch 20 to 21 a day, you don't even make the knockout round at Caillou. Probably a large mouth, like that big. Well, last year was crazy, and every and every fish counted last year, so it'd be yeah, interesting to see. You didn't see like because it was every fish counts. I don't think there was a lot of light that shined on how big the five fish stringers were that went with it. But yeah, like I think I had like 20. 23 to 27 pounds every day of smallmouth there. I what? mean, yeah. So, I mean, it'd have been cool to get a, a century belt, but you know, <laughs> we, we don't do that. So there's that, but, but, um, this year it's going to be an early June, like pre-spawn spawn. I just think it's going to be the most incredible dang thing ever. Like I, it's uh, unbelievable. And you guys Clair, are going, yeah. Saginaw, St. Clair. It's going to be great. Saginaw Bay is that one I got a question mark by, by. You know, I feel like it's one that I might do really well at, but it's one you might struggle at too because the weather and everything else. And you either got, you're either going to have to focus on the river and largemouth and hope that that gets you through the event and hope that somebody can't get to their smallmouth every day or you risk it to get the biscuit and you go out there and surf for, you know, a couple of days. So it just depends on the weather there. And, and it's so big. I've only been there once. And uh, Kyle Hall and I went there like years ago, just playing around. And we spent all day out there and caught one bass. And it was a seven pounder smallmouth, but that's the only one we caught. So, and I know following the MPFL last year a little bit, it wasn't easy on those boys at all. So no, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't a, just a lights out event by any means. Now they called them. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It was fun. There were a lot of fish catches for us watching live, but still it was, it wasn't easy. Like Gary Atkins ended up winning and it was not easy. Right. Right. So that's a question mark deal, but you know, other than that, man, we've got a great lineup coming up and there's no one in particular that I'm like, Oh yeah, that's my chance. I feel like, you know, I could have a chance at any of them, but you know, at the same time, it's fishing. You never know how it's going to go. Just going to give it my all and see where it goes. No doubt about it, dude. All right. Switching gears a little bit. All right. I, I, I gotta hear, I gotta hear a rodeo story because the Cody, you're, you're not the, you're not the tallest guy I've ever met. You know, I'm politically challenged as well, but you're not the tallest. I don't see you just sad, just climbing up on a, on a buck and Bronco or, or, you know, but, but it says like, I, I have heard this many times too, but on your MLF bio rodeo. Now you're a horse. You like, you like riding horses, but rodeo, tell, tell me some, give me some rodeo goods. What's your rodeo. Man. What's your rodeo deal, buddy? What you is know, it? It was kind of crazy, man. So like I, I grew up, you know, here in Louisiana. I had some buddies at Road Bulls and stuff. I was real involved in baseball and, you know, sports and all that stuff. When I graduated from high school, I was like, man, I got something to do. Like, I'm competitive by nature. Ended up getting invited 
to I went with a buddy to like a practice pen just to get on some bulls and stuff and he's like you want to get on one and I was like sure man whatever you know like I, whatever hell yeah like so I got on and uh and it, was just, it wasn't even a big bull either it's just you know a little small and didn't even have horns you know that's what I need <laughs> yeah yeah but uh what oh he, I, I remember this too they call this bull love bumps and I don't I, I, and so this is I like yeah, I get on love bumps man whatever so the gate opens bull turns back right there i fall off of him immediately as soon as the gate opens and this little thing hooks me all or like hits me rolls me all the way across the pen and whenever i quit rolling i remember i stood up and i went that was the coolest thing that i've ever done in my entire life and from that moment i was hooked like adrenaline junkie hooked and um for the next several years throughout college and stuff i rodeo and stuff but the reality of it was is that i wasn't god's gift to bull riding it wasn't necessarily like i i wasn't completely god awful but i wasn't going to go make a living doing it unless something like i had a big breakthrough which i could have if i'd have kept doing it maybe you know because i'm actually the right size for a lot of guys that are really that's good. what i was gonna say i joke like yeah. make, make that joke but you are and, and yeah, you're like that's what you want you look at Chris Shivers, Donnie Gay, all those guys, some of the greatest guys ever. They were, you know, pretty small, compact guys. Just you have to ride differently than somebody that's long and tall that has because like the, they have like a lot of grab, you know, but a, a lot of the guys that are shorter, they have more balance control. They ride more with their knees and a lot more like compact and don't get thrown around as much. So yeah. it's a totally different riding style, but it actually works really good for a lot of guys. I wasn't you know, the best at it. All right. Wasn't winning no buckles and bull rides. But I, I realized that I was pretty athletic and just playing around in practice pen one day that I was pretty good at bull fighting. Just and my job there was to, you know, as soon as the guy falls off or if he was to get hung up, my job is to go in there and make sure that he gets out safely. So distract the bull, get him coming away, the guy gets to the fence safely and then I get out of the way sometimes or I get run over, whatever. But I landed well. I figured that out and uh ended up being like pretty dang good at it and i just through people met a guy that hooked me up with a scholarship to go to school at tarleton state university in stevenville texas and i got on the rodeo team there just helped them with their practice and stuff like made sure the guys were getting on bulls would get out safely there helped them with all their other stuff started working rodeos around the texas area there a little bit we'd go to fort like, you know, everybody knows the Northside Coliseum there in Fort Worth, Billy Bob's, Texas, all of that. Oh, yeah. So I got to work at Billy Bob's and stuff a couple weekends. And and so that was that whole scene. Then I just got to be buddies with some guys on the fishing team and the college fishing team. So started going to college tournaments, was still going to rodeos, didn't know really kind of what, I mean, I'd always really enjoyed fishing, always kind of had the idea, man, it'd be cool to fish for a living, but never had the avenue to do so until i happened to go to texas to rodeo met some guys on the fishing team and it just took off honestly i mean that was just cool. it's crazy crazy how life you know will throws you opportunities from places that you've never seen and um yeah i mean it's that's that's history like that's where it went i i, I was i was torn at one point i didn't know whether or not i really want to pursue rodeo and i really want to pursue fishing like the, i was doing really well in the college tournaments rodeo was really kind of taking off for me as well and i broke my actually broke my femur and couldn't walk for a while uh, it wasn't even a cool story either like i'd like to tell you that i was saving somebody's <laughs> life 
Man, made this like perfect save, bull wrecked me out, broke my leg, you know, whatever. It wasn't like I was setting up for an event, a stack of panels fell over on top. Come of on, dude. You gotta church that story up. I know. Right, come it's on. Not even a cool you story, got, man. Hang on. When I go back and edit this, which I rarely do, I don't take anything out. I'm gonna do a voiceover and be like, and then seven bulls got off a trailer. It yeah. scrambled me oh, and yeah. saved a small child. And it nope. broke. No, nope, I'll, I'll nope. it's not cool. I, I'm a real guy, man. It wasn't even a cool story. It was actually an awful. And uh, I couldn't walk for a while, man. And I, dude, I remember sitting right here in this recliner. I'm at my mom's house right now. She, she had to drive to Fort Worth, pick me up from the hospital a couple of days after I got out of surgery and everything. She drove me back here. All my, I mean, I've been living in Texas for a couple of years now. Everything I own is there, but I, I just had to have somebody take care of me for it because I couldn't. It was a bad, like really bad deal. It had, I got screws and bolts and stuff all through my, my hips still to this day, like holding it all together. And I sat in that recliner right there and I watched every FLW circuit breaker there was over and over and over again. The one with Cody Meyer, the one with MDJ, all of that stuff, man. And I watched every bass fishing thing I could find. I mean, like I sat there in that recliner and just become like infatuated with it. And I, I had already qualified for my first national championship that, and that was in November when I broke my hip. My first national championship was coming up in March that I qualified for. And I was like, man, I've got to be walking and healthy for that again. And um, I, I went, I was supposed to be all, I wasn't supposed to walk for three months. And at about the two month mark, there was a FLW qualifier on Lake Somerville in Texas. And uh, I had went back to Texas by that point. And that was the first day that I walked like the, after the surgery, like oh. the first day that I walked was at that FLW qualifier. And uh, I basically kind of leaned against a butt seat in the back of the boat the entire day, caught like a nine pounder on a Carolina rig. We finished 10th place and we qualified for the next year's national championship. And at that point in time, I'm like, man, this is what I need to do. Like, this is, this is some crazy stuff that's going on. Like, God's talking to me and this is the direction I need to go. There's the reality of it. I don't want to get too like spiritual on you, but and, like in my mind, Dakota wants rodeo. Like I, that's, I was obsessed with it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was crazy. It was everything that it sounds like. Okay. But in reality, I feel like God wanted me to fish and he kept opening doors after doors after doors. And it was like, go, you dummy, you know, and that's, and it's, it's, it's all, it's, it's all worked out. Like I, I could sit here and talk for another three hours and all the, like doors that were open whenever I every time I'd reach a point where I didn't know what I was going to do next another door would open and it would just let me get a little further down the road and here we are today so it's been crazy I, I bet your mama who is a big supporter your, yeah. your mama, I, I always see the yeah. love and support from your mom on social and things I bet she's glad that that uh, you picked the fishing route too <laughs> you know at first she was like dead set like she she hated the idea of me rodeoing but then she started to realize like that it was actually kind of good for me like the people yeah. that and and she she got comfortable with it a little bit but but she was and I, i'm not gonna say comfortable she tolerated it you know but yeah i mean she actually raised me man like I can look through the window right here and I can see her old bass boat. There's a 94 challenger, 17 foot with a 94 right there. And that was her boat that she took me to the lake every weekend. And, you know, we went to false river, a little lake right up the road from here. And every weekend, if we weren't hunting, we were fishing and, or we were at a ball field and uh, that I grew up right there in that boat, you know, with her. And, and so, 
you know, to be able to fish for a living now, it's just crazy that, you know, it's just what we did on the weekends, man. It's just what we enjoyed. We, we ate what we caught. We were just South Louisiana living, man. And here we are now making a living fishing. So it's, it's crazy. I get, it gives me chills, man. Good, good mamas are special. They are. Mamas. They are. And, and that's, uh, man, that's, that's amazing, dude. That's so I, I, I asked the rodeo question. I did not know that. I did, and, and to find out that that led you. Yeah two bass fishing basically it's so crazy because i was i wanted i was in my notes here kind of where i wanted to draw the comparison i've I've talked to a lot of people about this um i actually wrote a song one time and you know i I write a lot of music and i wrote a song about rodeo i had a lot of friends that used to rodeo but i wrote it about rodeo but almost from the perspective of a professional bass fishing because the the lives are very very yeah and you've got that and then you've got uh folks trying to do music for a living as well those three lives are very similar man and i'm sure it's the same for folks racing cars and anything that is a dream way to make a living is is a lot less than a dream they all have the same challenges for sure and they're from unique angles but they're they're all for sure but it's that it's that you know man, I got to get paid here. I might not get to the next one. It's that it's the travel. It's the, Hey, I don't know if she's going to be home when I get home. Cause I've been gone doing this so damn long. I mean, there's yeah. so many similarities, there's so many, man. I, you know, I can, my buddies always say you ride bulls a lot better when you're hungry, you know, whenever you know that, you, yeah. <laughs> dude, I got to eat. I got to get to the next rodeo. And with that being said, I remember being at grand Lake first year I started fishing the Toyota series. This was in 2017 and man, the, Fish were spawning like hell. I think it's a tournament that Castine caught the heck out of them in. You know, uh, they were spawning like hell down there on the dam and on the lower end of the lake. And I remember being in practice thinking, man, dude, I don't have enough gas money to go down there and practice. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, dude, it was. Yeah, believe me, been there. So, like, I didn't even, like, I didn't even have enough probably gas money to just like to drive to one end of the lake and back. You know, so I got to fish been around there. a little bit, you know. So, dude, I mean, it, it don't matter what you're doing, whether you're a musician too, that you, we all get to those, those points where you're like, it's make or break, but it usually makes us so much stronger in the long run. And it just changes, you know, it just, that, and that's why like, I, I encourage people to, to, to chase their dreams. Like I encourage them to, if they're willing to sacrifice what it takes and it don't have to be fishing because you know, it's like, Whatever it is, you, know, yeah. you talk to these people, like not everybody wants to be a professional bass fisherman. They may think they do, but whenever they get into it, they decide they don't, but it may open up another door somewhere else down the road. They get a job within the industry or, or whatever. But I always encourage people to man, take that chance. If you want to, if you want to get out of your hometown and move and, and, and go, then, then go, man. Like the world is so big. There's so many opportunities and you never know where, where like what's going to happen or where it's going to go. So just oh, go with it, man. Don't fight it. Don't, you know, just, just take that chance, man, because you never know where, where it'll take you. I love it, man. That's, that's a, that's perfect. That is uh, I'm living proof of that every day. You're living proof of that every day. I never saw my life being where it's at. I'm completely right. happy with where it's at, but it's like, man, one door led to another, led to another, yeah. led to another. Now I run my mouth about bass fishing may, way more than I get to actually catch bass, but yeah. I'm good with it. it it's uh, a, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a great life, man. Dakota Ebear, we are lucky to have you in the fishing world. I, I am uh, very proud that you uh, spent some time with us low lifers today, man. Thank you, dude. Man, I appreciate it. It's, a, it's an honor to be on the show and uh, thanks for everything, man. Hopefully it won't be the last one. No, we're going to get, you're going to win a couple of them BPTs this year. And we're going to do two more at least. 
I'll Every time you win, we're going to do one. I'll be fine y'all, with that. Y'all be sure you go follow Dakota and give him some words of encouragement. Don't be giving him no bull crap on his social media. Don't if be. Not, I take the good yeah. with the bad. It'll be all right. Give him, give him that hard eye emoji. You're so great. All that kind of stuff. Or send him some rodeo stories. Dakota E. Bear, everybody. Have a good one. All right. That's all she wrote with Dakota E. Bear. And man, I, I absolutely love that conversation. Every minute of it, I think you could you could see me there. I hope you could feel that uh, energy. His story, and and I, I went into this interview uh, with the rodeo note, just kind of wanting, yeah, where where the rodeo thing come from? I had no idea. I had, I had heard he had an interesting story, but I did not know the depths of it. And uh, man, if you didn't enjoy that. I, I don't know what to tell you. That was uh, it's one of my favorite interviews. He's a guy that I've kept up with, like I said, for a few years now, and I pull for great support system and just a great young man and great angler. So uh, make sure you're following him, paying attention to what he's got going on. He is a household name. I'm not, I'm not even going to say he should be or he's going to be. He is a household name right now in bass fishing. And you, if you keep up with the tournament world and if you are here, you certainly do that. Keep up with Dakota Ebear, man. Really enjoyed that. So thanks to him for spending part of his Easter weekend running his mouth here for the low lifers. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in each and every week. I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. I'm going to take you out a little different this week. So I've been getting requests for this, which is cool for me uh, because obviously music and songwriting is a very big part of my life. Always will be something I very much enjoy. Uh, got to get some new music out there. I've got notebooks full of it, uh, hopefully this year. But I get a request for this song a lot, and it's on the same little record that I put out that had Biloxi Blues on it. It's the title song. It's called 64. I get a lot of requests. People are like, hey, play 64 on the podcast. So on the way out today, 64, it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. You can go check it out. But thank y'all, and I'll see y'all next week. Sleep!